Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm back. Yes. Glad to be back with you. Welcome to the Urban Village, where the old school house party is alive and well. Hello, I'm Colette Barris, host and creator of the Urban Village podcast. And thank you. I've had so much going on. But you know what? I got through it. And I'm so thankful and blessed for it. And it's got to get better. You know, I take the small wins now. I swear to God, they can be microscopic. I'll take them. Wow, this is going to be a short, short show. But I wanted to let all of you know that I am back. So much has happened in two weeks. So much has happened. And one day, in the not-too-distant future... I hope that you care enough to know that I'm going to tell you what happened to me, but not right now. Anyway, let's just kind of take and go over the weeks, two weeks of the world in a quick summation. Brittany Griner pleaded guilty, threw herself upon the mercy of the court, got the maximum nine and a half years. She probably did it because she was told that you know, there was going to be a prisoner swamp, and these are the terms that the Russian government uh, wanted to see. They would, you know, okay, do the dance, but the dance didn't work with her. Even though we keep great time and got the rhythm, you know, they always keep us a bit off step, bit off step. Even though there was an Israeli um, athlete that got caught with grams and grams of weed. And I think um, Putin went over to see Netanyahu and uh, cut the deal. I think she paid like a $5,000 fine and and went back to Israel. That wouldn't be Brittany Griner with an empty, empty hashish cartridge. You go figure. But Brittany Griner, our hearts and our prayers and our commitment go out to you. You know, I find it interesting because people are saying, well, you know, what about black people in this country? Every day there are multiple cases of of abuse and mistreatment by the system. That is absolutely true. Um, Earlier in the week, um, the longest incarcerated prisoner in this country who happened to be a Black Panther who had been probably um, framed, died. He was 75 years old in California, Northern California. We heard nothing about it, but I want to take time to acknowledge it. It's shameful. It's shameful. You know, the Panthers, Malcolm, Martin, we needed them all. And the fix was in. You know, we talk about old J. Edgar Hoover, the passer. You know, most people don't even know that he was black. Black. So much information out there. You know, the worst kept secret in the world. But anyway, I think the thing that's bothering, that bothers me and bothers probably a lot of people of color, black folk, is that we know that there's immense injustice in this country. We live it. We breathe it. We are born into the world in which we are born not to have an easy road, to be seen um, unequal and it have no justice, injustice. But I think the problem for black people, what it really comes down to, and we can't really articulate it, 
is we know this, but she's in Russia and we can't support her. We can't protect her, even though we, we think we, we do better here than we do. It's the fact that we need her here. I think that's really the bigger argument and we need to really identify what our issues are. Okay, on another note, oh, Trump. This past Monday, Tuesday, a search warrant was served at his residence and uh, commercial business in Florida, Miralago, I believe it's called. And the FBI went in and took out boxes and boxes and boxes of documents. And he took the fifth and said this was a raid on his home and no other president in America had to ever go through it. Well, there was the GOP had a fit on the Senate floor, like a baby fit, like, you know, the ugly cry where you can't hear anything. You just kind of see their lips turning purple about show us a search warrant. God damn it. Did they show on the search warrant today? 45 had top secret documents, documents that don't even have names on them because they're so top secret that should have never been taken out of the White House, plus all kinds of documents in his place of business. Really interesting. Really interesting. You know, we were talking um, about this um, with some colleagues and they were like, well, I wonder what's going to come out of it. And someone said, it wasn't me. I was just listening. I, I, I really like to be a listener. I really do. I learn so much. And so someone said, he's going to disappear. And then another person said, how? And then another person said, somebody will kill him. And then the other person we were eating lunch with said, no, he's going to Russia. He's just going to disappear or fake his own death. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, won't it? It'll be really, really interesting. Um, Africa. Africa. I'm going to make that my focus now for the days ahead because Africa is undergoing a purge of its own cultural, ethnic identity at the hands of China and Russia. And I hope Africa, the continent of Africa, I hope you've learned enough. I hope you let them build as many roads as they potentially can and buildings, and you tell them, get the F out. Because in a minute, you won't be able to. Because they're already extracting tens of billions of dollars in precious minerals and other resources out of Africa. But China wants you to respect its sovereignty, as does Russia. And they don't respect the sovereignty of Africa. But you know, Africans, black Africans, you know, their allegiance and loyalty, instead of being with someone else, that they, it, it's like, how, how is it, when did they become so colonized? Should be to building a relationship with the African diaspora that really happened you know, largely a lot of it during the African slave trade. I was looking at an article um, by the creator of uh, Hidden Colors, and he was like, okay, let's start this discussion about Africa needs to pay reparation to black Americans. And I don't necessarily think he's wrong. It's just that Africa, you, you can't get a pass anymore. You must do a far better job 
of giving us that acceptance and come home, we were wrong. Because it feels so disingenuous, oftentimes. Oftentimes. I had another friend that just came back from three places. He went to Ghana, he went to Tanzania, and he went to South Africa. But he said, in any case, the black Africans broke their neck to help the European whites with their, I mean, it's like, how greasy can you be? We don't want to talk about Nigeria and parts of other parts of Africa who are in love, have a love affair with bleach. A love affair with bleach and with hair weeds. Who knew? <laughs> who knew? It's, you know, I can't even watch, you know, the Nollywoods, the Nigerian uh, movies and their, their shows because I'm like, if I see another mofo bleached out with a gigantic hair weed, I'm going to gag. It is so utterly unattractive. So here I am, the black out, the, the black offspring, the Exodus person, and I'm saying to you, my African brethren, get it together. We need a leader, not a biter. In closing, I say what I always say: the story is never told until the lion. The lion is a storyteller. And the hunter is not. This has been a brown bear, Reggie Valens, Patrick Bolton, Karen Bennett, Don Carter, and my baby, Bev Riley Production. Want to read something inspiring, bring back the past in a positive way? Read Claretta Street, available in bookstores and Amazon everywhere.